We hit Schoolhouse Rock like the Titanic hit the iceberg. We're going down. Well, I'm going to talk about eco-terrorism. Got too excited about jorts. I'm leaving now with my Roomba or your blood on my hands. I'm back. Back on my bullshit. What is meme if not airhorn persevering? No, this is this is not a family show. And I quote, many American titties. Why'd you have to bring Dane Cook to this, Andrew? No one wanted that. Oh, you guys are not ready for what I've got today. And I've apparently hit the very end of my attention span. Give me like 30 seconds. I'm looking for rhymes. Hello and welcome to Debate This, the show where no one is right, but someone is definitely wrong. In this show, we take time out of our busy adult lives to talk about comic books, video games, and how after I've simped for Blizzard for a full month saying battle passes are the way of the future, (laughs) now that Twitter has announced one, I'm appalled by even the mere thought of them. (laughs) I hate it. I am going to have front row seats to the fall of the crash and burn of Twitter. I'm so excited to watch the Twitter show finally end. It's the chapter of the history books that we're all going (laughs) to tell generations from now. I was there. I was there when Twitter (laughs) shut down. I mean, we haven't had a major social media death since Tumblr died. So like, yeah. And Tumblr's trying to rise from the ashes like a phoenix to, yeah. to claim <laughs> yeah. Twitter's. In the <laughs> phoenix of liberal Twitter tears, Tumblr <laughs> is rising from the ashes. Do you count Vine? I think Vine has to count. Yeah, but like, I feel like it went and then obviously TikTok picked it back up. But even before yeah. that, I feel like Instagram had its like short stories that you could post. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Snapchat stories existed. If Vine counts, then Periscope has to count. And that sucks. Vine did not go quietly into that good night, though. Like, Vine... His Twitter? Vine truly lived. (laughs) Twitter's going down in a racist flame. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay. So now that we have sent the funeral pyre of Twitter out into the Viking Sea to be burnt to the water... Hey, anyone who's played a video game in the last 22 years probably has some pretty specific opinions and preferences when it comes to grit. Sure. See, much like sandpaper, (laughs) video games can vary from fine to incredibly (laughs) coarse. And if you buy the wrong kind, you'll either waste your time or wind up doing something you regret. Those are the only two (laughs) options. You can't have a good time if you buy a gritty game by mistake. (laughs) Alas, while the wrong sandpaper may strip the paint right off your project... The wrong video game could leave you fumbling with complex controls and navigating hours of menus just to find yourself committing airport genocide and or child murder. Airport genocide is a good band name. Call of Duty Ooh. reference. It is a Call, Call of Duty, of Duty feels, reference. feels like that. Yeah. Yeah, it is also a good band name. I think a lot of Call of Duty references are good band names. Anyway, clutchers of pearls may remember games like Death Race, Wolfenstein, Doom, and Quake as early Vigigrit. But the early 21st century certainly seemed to be a tipping point when it came to both the violence and complexity of video games. I blame Batman Begins. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the it's Christopher Nolan's fault, right? It's all Christopher <laughs> Nolan's fault. Some may point to the release of the first Grand Theft Auto in 1998, or the release of Max Payne in 2001, or just the existence of Rockstar Games as the cause of this turn. Others may default to the rise of 3D horror games like Resident Evil and Silent Hill, or the general edginess of games like Conker's Bad Fur Day, Unreal Tournament, or Outlaw Sports 
as the defining shift in gaming. One thing is for sure, the grit came on hard and it came on fast. It's like Matt's auditioning to do a YouTube essay. <laughs> he is. I was just gonna say, I don't remember writing these notes. We were supposed to, <laughs> like, a peek behind the podcast curtain, we were supposed to record this like three weeks ago. I don't remember writing any of this. I remember like subscribing to Game Informer, the magazine, mm-hmm. around this time, and like it was a very common complaint and like thing in reviews that was like, "This is just another gray game. The only color are yeah. the blood, sp- like the blood sprays that hit the camera." And like that was every game for two solid years. Every game yeah. was like, "It's real gray," and then there's some br- red blood spurts that hit the camera. As a Nintendo fan in the GameCube era. Yeah. I have first-hand experience on defending why video games shouldn't just be with guns. Same. True. <laughs> yes. I had a hard time today because I did not play a lot of gritty games. I played or was aware of enough of them. Yeah. Well, all of those things said, I would like to connect the rise of gritty video games in the 2000s to another notable blight on that chapter of the history books. The education system. See, on January 8th, 2002, President and war criminal George W. Bush signed the No Child Left Behind Act. And I think maybe, just maybe, this drastic action may not have been necessary if Grand Theft Auto 3 wasn't the third best-selling game in 2001. Should have pushed Math Blaster harder. Had video games been less gritty and more, say, I don't know, edutainmental, the standardized (laughs) test may have become completely obsolete. Had kids been asking, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego, instead of, where in the world is my next weapon upgrade, or I spying instead of I dying. What is this bit? (laughs) Jesus. Are you Joe Lieberman? This has got real big Pokemon go to the polls energy, man. <laughs> I'm telling I don't remember writing this. <laughs> Who knows oh, what society would be like today? <laughs> Matt channeled this through a divine source. <laughs> well, I ran this pitch past the execs. Clearly. And they think it's just grand and will definitely make lots of money. With games like FF7, RE4, and SH2 all getting hot new remakes with updated graphics, they want us to add another game to the remixed list. But today, they want us to take one of those dozens of pesky, gritty video games and degrit that bad boy down to a fine edutainment game. So I have fired up the proverbial video game belt sander and invited proverbial edutainment woodworkers Andrew, Coco Bolo Henderson, Todd, Mirandiba Thomas, and Kyle, Curly Hard Maple Harper to smooth the edges on some of the sharpest games in history. I got whiplash. I got whiplash. <laughs> that was so jarring. Are those types of wood? They are all <laughs> exotic types of wood. Okay. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Matt. Coco Bolo sounds like the rejected pitch for Congo Bongo. Is what that sounds like. <laughs> Matt, when was the last time you had a full night's worth of sleep, my man? It's been days, dude. Is the answer September? 
And like food with some nutrition in it. <laughs> When's the last time you had nutrients? I have a Diet Coke right now. Is that anything? It's <laughs> a good answer. No. So let's hear them, boys. What gritty game are you going to sand down to smooth? Tell us what made the original so gritty and how you'll be making those things more appropriate for today's gamers. By the way, this would also be an excellent time to give us your incredibly marketable title for this new game. Andrew, we will start with you. All right. Before I get into this, I wanted to say off the bat that I wrote this before Matt's five-minute video essay on the history of <laughs> subversiveness in video games. Just everyone, please bear that in mind for, for better or for worse. Please and thank you. So, Matt, 2003 saw the release of Postal 2, one of the most controversial games of all time. <laughs> now, obviously, because we just talked about it, video games saw a ton of controversy in the early in the 90s and early aughts, from Mortal Kombat and Night Trap leading to then-Senator Joe Lieberman calling for the creation of the ESRB, to the hyper-violent manhunt and the hyper-sexuality found in cut content in GTA San Andreas, known as the Hot Coffee Mod. The Hot Coffee. And I think, Matt, with our powers <laughs> combined, we got them all. I think we did. I think, I think that we, did. we completed the Pokedex of yep. 2000s video game controversy. I think we did. But Matt, Postal 2 was different. Postal 2 was the video. <laughs> Wait, what was it? I yeah, can't it believe we're going to talk about Postal 2 on this oh, podcast. We sure are. Here at the cusp of year six. Do you guys want to know a lot about Postal 2 today? I don't think we have a choice. Here we go. We're stuck. I'm going to start this off by saying Postal 2 was the video game version of that underground comedy movie produced by the ShamWow guy. You know, the one that you would only see advertised <laughs> late at three in the morning on Comedy Central. The main selling point was like it was it was rated X. Yeah. Like oh, not God. super hilarious, but correct. Yeah. Uncensored. Everybody yeah. knows what I'm talking about. The movie is just random acts of violence paired with this like unfunny, edgy Gen X humor that's like shitty South Park, but just like outright, just kind of lame and offensive. That's Portal 2. Portal 2, by by definition, is a first-person shooter that has you playing the role of... Did you say Portal 2 I did, this last time? I did. <laughs> All right. I did. Let's just... Just making let's sure. Just, let's rewind. That's Postal 2. I want everyone to know that when I was doing these edits, or when I was doing these notes, I also kept writing po Portal 2, and I had to con control F for Portal 2. <laughs> Postal 2. Postal 2. Portal 2 is also a first-person shooter. Postal 2 is a very not-funny first-person shooter that has you playing the role of Postal Dude. Postal Dude is an average guy who lives in a double-wide trailer and lives through five very average days of his very average life. And during the game, you're tasked with completing mundane tasks like picking up milk at the corner store or returning a book. But at any point, you can just, like, pull out a gun and, quote, go postal. That's the game. Going postal, of course, is a saying that popped up following a series of homicides connected to U.S. postal workers between the years of 1983 and 1993. That's where that comes from. Huh. I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 Now, even by 2003 standards, this Postal 2, not Portal 2, Postal 2, was borderline offensively racist, sexist, and basically every other ist that wasn't straight, white, cisgendered male, as raunchy quote-unquote comedy was at the time it was a super gross red pill calling card years before that term was a thing 
I should also note that there are other games in this series, believe it or not, there are four postal games. Oh. The last of which was yeah. ju- just released like a few months ago. Oh no. Yeah. So the original Postal was a top-down twin-stick shooter, like uh, Binding of Isaac. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it was just like all edgelord violence without all of the, I put this in italics, hard-hitting dark humor. <laughs> postal 3 that came out in 2011 was so functionally bad that the developers themselves have retconned it with the more recent Postal 4, no regerts. What? Once more, fantastic. It's Postal 4, colon, no regrets. And I have in my notes to the internet, and like S-I-C. no regrets, but it's spelled yep. wrong because the, oh the character is right. supposed to be yep. dumb. Yep. A game that in its advertising proudly promotes its two out of 10 rating from IGN, to which oh. you, you know, you just know at least one of the developers has uttered the phrase, Owned the libs in response. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's it's the same energy as someone when a new DC movie comes out and it gets a low score, and they're like, yep. they just don't, they, just, they don't, just don't get it. They, they don't get it. They gotta listen to the fans. So, Matt, we're getting rid of all of that, and more Good. importantly, it doesn't sound educational. With the help of the American Postal Workers Union, we are taking back the saying <laughs> "Going Postal." <laughs> Matt, coming next summer, Postal, colon, a priority tale. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, what have we done? (laughs) Directed by Hideo Kojima and produced in partnership with USPS and the American Postal Workers Union. Oh, he's just he's just doing Death Stranding. Hey, don't, death- hey, don't, don't spoil it for everyone else, Kyle. Okay, real quick, just because like I've been doing some IMDBing over here. Yeah. What do you think came first, Postal Two or the movie? Uh, Postal Two, because the movie came out in like two thousand five or six. It was a lot later than I wanted it to be. The movie came out oh. in two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, because it was the it was like the height of the like shitty. It was a it was a Uwe Boll movie, and it was the height of his like he was just cranking out shitty. Um, Video is this the sa- the Sham Wow guy movie? No, there was a postal movie. Oh, okay. That was yeah, directed yeah, yeah. by Uwe Boll. Yeah, yeah. Who yeah. I believe okay. did the Doom movie. Is that right? Who knows? Who? Okay. What human off the top of their head knows who directed the Doom movie? Uh, he did Rampage. He did Matt's favorite movie, Rampage. Okay, that feels that's basically just different Doom movies. So oh no, fair. sorry, sorry. These are different Rampage. This is Rampage Capital Punishment. Never mind. I take I and okay. rampage colon president down. <laughs> All right, anyway. I'm done. I've learned enough. Okay, Andrew, thank you. I thank you for time. your bit today. God damn. Okay, Todd. Todd, go ahead. Describe to me your edutainment experience, please. Right. So much like what Andrew's talked about, the mid 2000s were a different time. Specifically, 2005 was a different time, Matt. In 2005, hey, Todd, were, were games gritty in the early 2000s? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it's like we were all reacting to some some cultural shift. <laughs> I know it was No Child Left Behind. In yeah, it definitely was that, and not the worst, the biggest terrorist attack on our U.S. soil. Well, and the the three years uh, looming financial crisis that came after this. Yeah. It's not like we could have been. Anyway, that's not the point. In 2005, we were. You know, we were distrustful of government figures and we were honestly just like looking for ways 
to find a character to channel our inner desires to serve as this kind of self-insert in the story of our lives. Matt, that is where we had Shadow the Hedgehog <laughs> and Shadow the Hedgehog's <laughs> titular journey. Now, okay, we have talked a bit on this podcast about Shadow the Hedgehog and like the edginess of this game. What have you done in these game. notes? What have you done? <laughs> that is the top Google image results for Todd the Hedgehog. Oh, perfect. Oh, that is a really fun game and we'll play that throughout this as well because I love that. Yeah. So yeah, we've talked a lot about Shadow the Hedgehog, but really to put a finer point on it for those who haven't consumed any Shadow the Hedgehog game content, the opening cinematic is Shadow cocking a gun or loading a gun and then cocking a gun and then a smash cut to him on a motorcycle to go fight demons. So this is also the game that is infamous for Shadow hunting down the president. So (laughs) a lot was going on in this game in 2005. And, you know, Shadow was trying to enact change, find justice, whatever. And maybe that worked in 2005. But... In 2022, this isn't how we enact change. No, sir. Shadow now knows that to create the change necessary, it isn't about machine guns and motorcycles. It's instead, it's council meetings and (laughs) street-level legislative action. That's right, Matt, and everyone else who has to listen to this today. Today, we're going to give people what they really want, and that is a game called Shadow the Hedgehog and the Three Rings of Government. Now... (laughs) When you hear name the hedgehog and then rings, you might think like the golden rings that they collect. No, no, no. These three rings are are reminding us all that for a proper government to run, you need legislative, executive, and judicial all working together. And additionally, local, state, and federal governments coming together to create change for the people that they serve. And we will find that today in Shadow the Hedgehog and the Three Rings of Government. It's like that meme that where people like revoice the last scene in Sh- in Sonic Adventure Two, where like <laughs> Shadow's yelling at Sonic how it's pr- how it's GIF is pronounced. Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's like that, but uh, but Shadow talking about uh, checks and balances. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Talking about how our our city council is paid too much for their cushy jobs. Yeah. Okay. Oh man. <laughs> Did I take enough grit off the top yet, Matt? Matt, are Did you regretting it? your choices today? Oh. I mean, we just we hit schoolhouse rock so much quicker than I expected us to. We I hit have schoolhouse, schoolhouse rock, rock tab like, open. <laughs> we hit schoolhouse rock like the Titanic hit the iceberg. We're going <laughs> down. All right, Kyle. What do you have? All right, Matt. So I think we all can agree that the two th- early two thousands were were a gritty time. Um, and part of that change to grit was the rise of scene and emo culture in the world. So that's why today I'm going to talk about the Devil May Cry series. Devil May Cry is a series known for its ed- edgelord hero, the demon hunter Dante, as he fights through various levels of hell to avenge the death of his mother. It's also known for its super sick combat, gruesome deaths, and using handguns and anime swords to fight the great demons of legend or whatever. Um, However, this long history of radical-packed demon killing uh, alongside chesty female sidekicks can be set aside for the more wholesome, family-friendly content, and that is exactly what we are going to do today in Devil May Cry 6, Gates of Heaven. (laughs) Oh, God. I see what's happening here. Dante is going to trade in his his anime swords for the Bible, Matt, and he's going to fight demons the right way. 
with the power of prayer. <laughs> Listeners, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I think speaking of the three circles, I, have we hit all three of the circles now? It's the unholy trinity. Religion, politics, and controversy. And postal two. And postal two. <laughs> postal two. Inside Religions, of us politics, there are politics and postal two. <laughs> Inside of us there are three wolves. <laughs> oh God. Um Okay. Okay. Alright. So the best part so far is that Matt is like physically like and emotionally drained. So yeah. we're all causing him like three points of psychic damage every time we answer <laughs> a question. Yeah, and I'm like on level three exhaustion right now, Kyle. Good <laughs> oh, lord. Oh man. Your speed is cut in half and you have disadvantage on all your saves. Matt, you're in so much trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that most days, so <laughs> yeah, it's fair. Alright, let me let me get back in the bit here. So I understand that we have a pro-labor education game, which sounds terrific. We have a schoolhouse rock game, and we have Kyle's example. So <laughs> Kyle's here, too. <laughs> now, those were certainly all types of games with sharp edges that may cut our target market, but I see your visions for a brighter, less sepia-toned future for your IPs. Now let's talk education here. What sort of lessons will you be teaching in this edutainment experience, and how will the gameplay seamlessly introduce these teachable moments? Andrew, we'll start with you. Yeah, so Matt, Postal colon, A Priority Tale <laughs> is all about educating young and old Americans alike on the services and benefits of the United States Postal Service. Postal 2 set the format of the series to adopt the GTA formula of do odd jobs for eccentric strangers, and so this will be the one and only thing that we carry over from the original Postal series. So Postal a Priority Tale is going to open like any game worth its salt in 2022 with a fully baked character creator allowing for a wide array of male, female, and non-binary customization options. Your customized protagonist, Postal Friend, arrives at their local branch on a nondescript Monday morning to discover their USPS delivery truck has just been taken to the garage for repairs. Your customers are counting on you for their deliveries, so you call your APWU union rep and agree to take the more critical deliveries on foot given at the contractually required time and a half pay rate to which your supervisor happily agrees. So you make your way out to a, a remote farmland in this already rural area. What is that mission critical package, you ask? Matt, you're wondering, I assume? I guess, I'm, I'm wondering. I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat yeah, here. Riveting shit. Well guys, it's a <laughs> box of newborn chicks being sent from another free range chicken farm from upstate because- It's a real fucking thing they do. It's a they real fucking them. thing. They under, freeze chicks and yep. mail them. Under USPS Publication 52, under section 526.3, entitled Live Day Old Poultry, the USPS will ship live chicks provided they are shipped within 24 hours of hatching, the box is properly ventilated, and the box can be delivered to its final destination within 72 hours. See? We all learned something today. How much mail law did you learn for this episode of the <laughs> Too podcast? much. non-zero amount? <laughs> it's amazing to me that the government decided the shelf life of a living chicken is four days. <laughs> like, that. Right. of all the things I just learned, that's the one that's really getting Isn't me. Isn't that, like, kind of fascinating, though? A little bit, yeah, like right? in a morbid oh, yeah. way, yes. Yeah. 
So you arrive to your destination on time, even after taking the requisite union-mandated amount of 15-minute breaks. The recipient is so happy to see you and thanks you for making the perilous journey. And they explain that in this rural area, there are no FedEx or UPS branches as there is no financial incentive for these commercialized institutions to cover parts of the country like this that are such low population per capita. And they also add that privatizing postal work could very, very much endanger many other population sparse rural communities that rely on physical mail, given their already limited access to wired internet connections. So this is where the game opens up, Matt. Now, (laughs) okay. You can, of course, return to the USPS branch and continue your deliveries, or you can follow the farmer's storyline and learn more about how, in addition to limited access to internet, their household is one of roughly 7.1 million in the US that does not utilize any commercial banking service, even a checking account. Not for trying, that's about 4 or 5% of the entire US population does not utilize commercial banks. What um, is going on? I, I, <laughs> yeah. I'm now, learning something in the process, <laughs> but I don't know. Now, Matt, this isn't not for trying. It's just that there are no institutions willing to be this far out after, you know, in this case, the local credit union shut down after the recession all those years ago. And outside of that, the only other option are these predatory check cashing places that have been popping up. Finally, Matt, we have a solution. And that solution, postal banking. That's right. (laughs) This kicks off a series of story quests that find you walking around the neighboring towns to drum up interest for a community-sponsored postal banking solution. Because, Matt, many people don't realize, but actually from 1911 to 1967, Americans could actually cash checks and deposit money into government-backed savings accounts at their local United States Postal Service branch. That's right. That's a real the thing. post office used to be a bank. Yeah. Okay. So that's cool. what we're teaching the young citizens of America today is postal banking and other federally backed programs that could help low income rural areas. I f- I for one am both entertained and educated. Thank you, Kyle. Here here's my my here's my issue with this whole thing right sure. now. Sure. Yeah, what's your Matt, issue? Yeah, or well I well, I fucking love the post office being part of the bank system, so I can't even be mad there. Don't okay, real quick, you guys who made it sound like I hate libraries, don't you for a second no, no, no. turn me against the USPS. <laughs> I'm I'm especially I'm especially like I'm 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 trying to appeal to you today because of your existing beef with FedEx right now. Okay, no, here's here's my issue with this. Matt has given us a prompt. Yep. And has had us present an edutainment game. Yep. And I feel like we are now playing your edutainment game. And I did not. <laughs> yeah, did, that's how I, I feel. Did not we were agree. supposed to yeah. bring an edutainment game, and yeah. Andrew brought like government propaganda. Andrew's making us play his edutainment I, game, oh, and I'm I did sorry. not. I did not. I'm sorry. Was the question what sort of lessons will you be teaching in this edutainment experience, and how will the gameplay seamlessly introduce these teachable moments? Yeah, but moments? you taught us I'm the sorry, whole was last that lesson. Not the question? You taught us the whole last lesson. You didn't just say, oh, I can teach you. All right. We don't need to play the game now. All right. Great. Because I learned the lesson. Guys, (laughs) guys, listen. I think we can all acknowledge that we learned something from Andrew here today. And that's not nothing. And I acknowledge that. And I acknowledge that you answered the question. Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. Great. Okay. (laughs) Todd, please. Also, whoever put Andrew the Hedgehog here... (laughs) 
He looks like he's wearing socks and sandals. <laughs> yeah, that was Kyle again, I'm guessing. It's yeah. still me. It's still, still me. It's me. All right. It's, you're the problem. <laughs> I'm, you. the pro- I'm the problem. <laughs> okay. You see, Shadow originally enacted radical change using kickflips and guns. And I'll tell you. <laughs> what a sentence. Wait, real, real quick, though. Yeah. What, what a fucking baller political platform that would be. <laughs> <laughs> loads, of, loads of gun. <laughs> you kids want to see me do some kickflips? And like, here's, here's the actual kickflips as though he is kicking something and flipping at the same time. Ace Thompson, kid mayor. I'll take out course, <laughs> setting a course for changes and kickflips and guns. Okay. So originally, to enact radical change, he was using kickflips and guns. Now he's armed with even more powerful weapons. His First Amendment right and a real can-do attitude. In our game, we'll be putting on those hovering green shoes of shadows as he collects signatures to get the city to fix the potholes of Green Hill Zone. And doing things like working with the county engineer's office to have the property line surveyed to prove that Big the Cat's fence is on his property. He'll also be petitioning our post office to stay open over the lunch hour because those are our taxes paying their salary, and I deserve to have the right to mail a letter out at 12.30 p.m. on a Monday if I want to, dang it. Also, the music they play outside the grocery store is a little too loud for my liking, and that needs to be fixed. Are you saying Shadow is a Gen X resident? Using a series of missions that oscillate <laughs> yes. from fetch quests to MacGuffin collecting, Shadow teaches today's youth the ease in which change can originate at the state level. By standing in a golden circle outside of a building, that allows the player to identify the thing they hate and how they can change that thing through a series of civic actions. With a little bit of know-how, an unlimited amount of free time to invest, and an unwillingness to allow something to just exist as it is without complaining about it, anyone can make their world a little better place. Shadow the Hedgehog, more like Karen the Hedgehog, am I right? <laughs> Real quick, Google image search Karen the Hedgehog. Karen the Hedgehog. I hope that it's just a, a picture of Sonic with that like shitty haircut. <laughs> There's a number of, oh my god, wait. <laughs> oh, I'm just going to dump it in here behind Kyle's name on the dock. Just a reminder, listeners, you can see us, see the, the hedgehog war. Oh, no. That's, that's not the mind. first tip. Don't, that's the best don't tip. Pay, oh, boy. Don't that's pay the kind $10. Of I wanted to see. <laughs> don't pay $10 to join our Patreon. Um, well, you'll be better for it. What I love most about what just happened is the in real time regret that we experienced with Kyle as it happened. Oh, man. Oh, no. Guys, come on. What's the text say on this? Let Let me me speak speak to to the the manager. manager. (laughs) We've met so many new people in the last month. I'm so sorry. And this is what you welcome them here with. Listeners, a reminder you can see the show notes by subscribing to our $10 tier at patreon.com slash debate this cast. Listen, I might just put this in the in our Patreon Discord without any like context. Any context? No, don't do, do that. Don't I'm, do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna dismantle it if you do. <laughs> All, All right. right, that's that's what I've got for you. Great. Okay. I Andrew was very clear about what I was learning. Todd, I have to say, feeling pretty good right now. <laughs> a little less clear on the edutainment. Yeah. And that concerns me, but you were very clear about the gameplay. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I like that a lot. So I'm good there. Kyle, what are you bringing to the table with Devil May Cry 6? So, Matt, I think we all can agree, especially after what Todd shared in, in our group notes, that there's one thing kids aren't getting enough of in school, and that's prayer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. No. No. That's why Devil May, <laughs> Devil May Cry 6, Gates of Heaven, Dante is going to set aside his handguns and big anime swords for the best demon hunting weapon of all, the Bible. <laughs> As Dante, players will be able to defeat the forces of hell by memorizing scripture, leading allies in prayer, and telling everyone they encounter that they are sinners in the eyes of an angry God and they should repent lest they spend eternity suffering for their sins. We are trading in the the sick combo combat for quick time events where you have to pick the right, the appropriate uh, scripture passage for the problem at hand. We are trading in the handguns for bottles of holy water and communion wafers, I guess. And we are fighting the forces of hell God's way. Like I said, with prayer. Kyle, two questions. One. Yes, yes, heathen. (laughs) (laughs) One, many of, I think, the Castlevania games had like holy relic featured weapons. Will I at some point get a crucifix that swings around me really, really fast and hurts things? Because that feels like a staple in most demon fighting games at this point you will get a crucifix mm-hmm. but it won't swing around you and hurt things oh. it will give you more prayer points okay well that's the, <laughs> if, and that's the actual it'll point. just loom over you and make you feel really bad <laughs> and kyle unrelated perhaps to this whole conversation how often do you reflect on your catholic school upbringing here in your 30s is it a lot is it like a little bit no come. <laughs> Is it like Matt and I remembering that we went to acquire the fire? A lot to vary. <laughs> I never went to acquire the fire. I did have the CD compilation album. Though. <laughs> anyway, guys, all right, we are getting dangerously close to holiday shopping season, and we plan on getting your games to the shelves before that begins. We expect a majority of our sales to come from well-meaning grandparents who don't understand that most video games are digital these days. So we're going to need some box art that really sells itself. With that in mind, (laughs) describe your box art to me. How will you convince Dolores in Target that this game will both be... (laughs) Oh, God. That this game will be both a game that will teach Brixton Lee something valuable, but also maybe a game he's actually interested in. I would like to go back in time and have a conversation with three weeks ago, Matt, who wrote these notes to find yeah. out what was going on. B- specifically for like grammar or for Brixton Lee? Brixton Lee. All of you them. A little bit of column A and B. Is that Shadow the Brixton? Oh, it's not Brixton Lee the Hedgehog. That's not what you found in here. No, that's that's Matt the Hedgehog. Let me see what Brixton Lee the Hedgehog. <laughs> this episode is a mess. Andrew, go ahead. What's your answer? Tell okay. me about your box art. Yeah, so I'm gonna explain the box art, but then I have to explain the why. So okay. Uh, so Matt, you may remember that earlier I mentioned that this game will be directed by Hideo Kojima, and then Kyle in no way spoiled. I do remember that. Uh, That's because we are, surprised going to be taking a lot of the core (laughs) gameplay from the currently most successful delivery simulator ever, Death Stranding. 
And uh, Kojima has agreed to sign on so that we can feature Norman Reedus on the box art, reprising his role as Sam Porter Bridges. I mean, how do you think our character gets involved with the postal banking movement, Matt? It's Norman Reedus. <laughs> yeah, it's Norman Reedus. He's just on. He's just. It's just him. It's not. No, wait. So wait, a box is of it, chicks? <laughs> is it Norman? Re- is it Norman Reedus playing the character or Norman yeah. Reedus? It's actually man, Norman, Norman Reedus. Reedus. <laughs> it's Norman Reedus. It's Nor- well. It's kind of meta. It's it's Norman Reedus. Oh, like God. You, you go to see Norman Reedus. He's like, hey, remember me when I was Sam Porter Bridges and the critically acclaimed Death Stranding? Hey, the USPS needs your help. <laughs> they used to be a bank. <laughs> Your Norman Reedus impression is flawless. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you. I, so oh, I got more. So we, we first meet Norman Reedus at a neighboring town near the farm where we first deliver that box of chicks. Sam Porter Bridges from Death Stranding, who I should mention is completely devoid of his fetus backpack and monster energy drinks, is in this universe a fellow satisfied and appropriately compensated United States postal worker. Sam slash Norman describes to us the economics of the United States Postal Service in that the organization operates as its own PNL within the federal system, but unfortunately has lost revenue every year since 2009. He goes on to explain that the Postal Accountability and Enhancement Act, which was passed by a bipartisan group of congresspeople in 2006, effectively makes it illegal for the USPS to increase costs on services like first class or priority mail. Now, while this does help to keep costs low for customers, It has also forced the organization to cut more than 12,000 positions nationwide since its inception. Sam Norman Reedus tells us that there's probably no way to get the bill repealed, given that it also does grant necessary benefits to retirees, but there is something that we can do. In addition to drumming up interest in postal banking, we can get more people to buy stamps, which directly supports the USPS and their services. And so we have, Matt, the game's main collectible side quest. Search for and collect all of the limited edition stamp series offered through the USPS, like the October exclusive Dia de los Muertos, a Muertes <laughs> celebration series, or the Shell Silverstein signature stamp, originally issued in April of 2022. So we're, we're doing a stamp side quest that's part of the gameplay. I didn't answer that in the last question, but I wanted to make sure that I covered that here. What's the cover art? I already said Sam Porter Bridges. Uh, I'm sorry, I got lost. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Norman Reedus. it's Norman Reedus with the box of chickens. So we're. we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're I asked you about box art and you told me about a side quest. How did that happen? Well, you. you, you the problem you, was you, you what? weren't the box listening. Art, the box art comes with, with commemorative stamps. Andrew. No, there's I, your tie in. I was yeah, listening. That. I just don't know that there was much to hear. Okay. I felt it was really important to cover off on that top of that piece of that topic. Todd. <laughs> Norman Reedus is the answer. <laughs> Nor- specifically Norman Reedus carrying a frozen box of chicks. Okay. They're shelf stable for four days. All right. So the this is the stupidest thing we've ever done. So Matt, the, the cover art, it sells itself for sure. Like it knows its target audience. So imagine this. Holiday season 2022, tucked neatly between you know, your sinful fortnights and what is to be the next iteration of those those evil, you know, fighting pocket demons, Pokemon games, democracy loving families will see Shadow the Hedge, Shadow the Hedgehog (laughs) in the three rings of government. Shadow the Hedgehog. Shurder the Hedgehog. 
Okay, so on the cover, what we'll have is we'll have Shadow um, wearing a reasonable sweater vest and jeans, complete <laughs> with a Shadow for a Stronger America campaign pin. Because he's going to be shaking hands and he's serving plates at the local VFW at the Memorial <laughs> Day is cookout. Shadow, why is Shadow a centrist? <laughs> he, he, he's, got, he's got the perfectly coiffed hair as well. And, and on this, this display that we have here, it'll have the tagline, building a better society starts in our own backyard, which like babies are going to fly off the shelves for these parents that why did the, the, the why are the, why, why is the hedgehog image in our notes rotating now? Anyway, that okay, Matt, that's what it is. It is it is Shadow the Hedgehog. He he looks like a centrist with perhaps problematic ideals. Who's to say it's unknown? Um he hasn't had a hard stance on anything and he's serving food at a VFW and I think that that's going to work. I think that's going to work for the question you're asking. I did Brixon not. Lee is getting 12 of those. I at no point today asked you who was voicing <laughs> your main character, but I have to know Todd is Pete Buttigieg involved in this game in any way? <laughs> uh, Shadow is endorsed by an amount of McKinley financial money. I will, I will cede that point. I like to think that Pete Buttigieg would be Knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, man. Kyle, round us out here. What you got? All right, Matt. So we are actually going to attack the issue of rushed and confused holiday shoppers from both sides here. First, for the confused grandparents, we will release the special good book copy of Devil May Cry 6, <laughs> Gates of Heaven. It just looks like a copy of the Bible. It's just the Bible, but it's like a game, video game case. Um, and we figure that this is going to ensure that all the blessed children will get exactly the game they asked for, and Grandma and Grandpa won't have to question if they are contributing to little Timothy's corruption. Timothy spelled with two M's and I-E-G-H at the end. On the other side, to get the little heathens and Todd that might pass over our good and holy game for less pious games, we have the extreme cover version. Devil May Cry 6 will be in big bold type on the front, with Dante wielding his biggest anime swords, fighting the lustiest succubus we can get away with putting on the cover. <laughs> the but when the little wretches succubus. But when the little wretches load up the game, they will be required to read at least one chapter of the Bible and choose their favorite verses before they continue to the actual gameplay, which is still now rated E for everyone. That sucks. <laughs> that sucks a lot. <laughs> oh, That's what I was going for, Matt. Good Lord. Okay, well, honestly... I don't know what I expected when I offered edutainment as a topic on debate. You're this. welcome. <laughs> I did not expect us to get here, but I'm glad we came here together. I have a super secret bonus question for you. Honestly, I'm horrified to ask it, but here we are. So great news. Our focus group of middle-aged white people from middle America thinks your game is going to just sell like hotcakes. That has encouraged us to create a bundle for your game, and now we need a peripheral. What unique item will we be able to sell pre-sale and alongside of your game? I will take your answers right after this. Oh, that song is so fun and wholesome. What is that? 
this? Oh, it's just the theme song to that horror game, Doki Doki Literature Club. Doki Doki Literature Club? I've never heard of that. That name doesn't sound much like a horror game. What? You mean you never saw the game being played on YouTube for like that entire year everyone was talking about it? No. Why? Oh. Well, in that case, it's a cute little indie dating sim about a high schooler who joins an after-school literature club by run by four very anime girls and is definitely not fucked up in any way. So stop asking. Cool. So what makes it a horror game? I'm gonna have to play this stupid game to find out, aren't I? And none of you jerks are gonna tell me why it's fucked up until I see the thing, aren't you? Okay, yeah. Um, when when are we streaming it? Glad you asked. Tune into twitch.tv slash debate this cast on Tuesday, November 29th and Wednesday, November 30th to watch us watch Todd play through Indie Darling Doki Doki Literature Club. The carnage will begin at 7 p.m. Eastern. Cool. All right, everyone, welcome back from that much-needed coffee and confections cake. I'm glad that we can round out our focus group today by discussing peripheral ideas for these new edutainment experiences. So, Andrew, what will you be including in your new delivery simulator game? Yeah. So, Matt, I already briefly mentioned in the previous answer that uh, stamps will be a very important po part of Postal Colon, a priority tale. Uh, if you remember games like Skylanders or, you know, the, or uh, Disney Infinity, the uh, Toys to Life model, we're going to sell limited edition stamps directly by the USPS exclusive for Postal, a priority tale that players can access can use to access exclusive skins for their Norman Reedus. <laughs> <laughs> so, for example, you could go right now and get uh, one of the limited edition Charles M. Schultz Snoopy stamps and get a fun Snoopy skin for Norman Reedus. Norman running around in the Snoopy skin. Or my, the aforementioned Dia de los Muertos. Have your Norman Reedus have like a fun skull. A skull face, or how about the beloved otters in snow stamps? You could uh, get Norman Reedus to dress up like a little, little otter, a little otter in snow, run around like an otter. So you're selling, you're selling Norman Reedus skins, yes. Yep. Uh huh. Stamp theme Norman Reedus skins, but are those do you, peripherals? Do you wear the skin like a peripheral? Yeah. I mean, are are an amiibo are amiibo peripherals? Oh, okay. So they're physical. They're like, yeah, they're, they're like, like dolls. So you that's what you were. Yeah, yeah. He's, like he's proposing that all all USPS stamps will now come with an RFID chip in them yeah. that will mm. scan a skin. You know, Kyle. Shadow was Shadow was telling me about this earlier. I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. I just I think where you lost me was Kyle got me there. <laughs> I heard you talking about skins and costumes. I just never heard you mention like a Norman Reedus figure. Yeah, in fairness, I doubled down on the otter piece, and I probably could have talked a little bit more about the actual tech. 
But yeah, it's like an amiibo, but stamp. All right, cool. I guess. Um, Todd, tell me about your. Not parade. the worst thing you're gonna hear today. <laughs> it might not be the worst thing. All right, so here I'll just I'll just lay it out. Like, there's no gimmicks here. That it is a. <laughs> he says. <laughs> Spoiler: There are gimmicks. So, Matt, it's it's easy. Just a portable pad folio like touchpad um, that'll allow the player to interact with it. For a number of government and bureaucratic uses. So like, do you need to fill out a permit to add a fire pit in your own backyard? All right, you got to use this little little touchpad to fill it out. You know, you have to use this touchpad to fill out that, that permit. Do you need a petition to remove a judge for their problematic interpretation of the laws? Well, good luck. But you can at least start <laughs> the process by filing a formal complaint using this padfolio to fill it out. Do you want to get shadow on the ticket for your county commissioner seat? You need to take this touchscreen door to door to your neighbors to gather the minimum required 1,000 signatures to get on that ballot. You oh, see, like Matt, in real life? In real life, you got to carry it outside. <laughs> you see, Matt, with the We the People You touchpad, you too uh... can create, you too can help usher democracy into the homes of our children with everyone's favorite patriot, Shadow the Hedgehog. Can you give us that name one more time? The We the People You touchpad. Incredible. That was really good. Todd, very important question. Uh huh. Can I file my taxes on the touchpad? Uh you can download TurboTax on, <laughs> no! the, on your Switch. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, All right. Hey, that um, joke we made three years ago. Remember that? <laughs> that was for someone. <laughs> we got there. Kyle, what are what tchotchke from the christian bookstore are you bundling <laughs> with this game matt that's the amazing thing most of them so <laughs> <laughs> we are going to release a series of peripherals of christian prayer items that have rfid chips that you can scan into the game for bonuses for your character as he fights the the evils of hell so some of the things we will have an RFID chip in to give bonuses include a crucifix, a rosary, a prayer card, various <laughs> prayer cards, actually. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Other church things. We'll release. A, it's Christmas, so we'll have a nativity scene. We'll have an entire nativity <laughs> collection that you can scan into your game. It's like Andrew's answer, but but um, all religious themed toys instead. Toys and figures, I should say. It's a real Bible adventures angle. Yeah, it sure is. Got story of Bible man energy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, that concludes our brainstorming session for today. If you could just wrap up your whole pitch in one clear, concise closing statement, that would be terrific. Matt, I am the one of the three people that brought objective facts and education today. The other two have dressed up opinion as edutainment, specifically Todd. <laughs> also, may I add Norman Reedus in an otter costume. <laughs> How did we get here? <laughs> I, I don't usually know. All right, my, my closing statement's very easy. I just want to describe to you the campaign lawn sign for Shadow. It's just the word Shadow with the exclamation point, like Jeb, like Jeb Bushes. It's just that. <laughs> and that is my closing statement for you today. Those everywhere. 
Um, I am not going to be making a closing statement today because I have God on my side, and that is the true power <laughs> here today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I just... <laughs> Fine, I guess. Um, oh, man. Good vibes? I get... Good vibe. Do good vibes. Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> what? What have you wrought... What have you done today? Uh, it was really funny, and I laughed a lot, especially when you said all of the Bible things. <laughs> it was very funny. Uh, Todd, similarly, holy shit, very funny. I love the idea of Shadow being really into local government. That, to me, <laughs> is so fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's very good. Um, also, the idea of Shadow being a centrist. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like, he just sees some issues with both parties, Andrew. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. Both sides <laughs> both have sides. good ideas. <laughs> Shadow's fiscally conservative but socially liberal. <laughs> oh, those are the worst good vibes I've ever done. Right, and I think bad. there's actually a one of those Sonic Adventure Two voiceover yeah. edits where where yep. has to be. they start to say like oh are you um socially liberal and fiscally conservative and he co- corrects and is like no I'm fiscally I'm socially conservative and fiscally liberal. <laughs> Andrew when you started talking you so much happened um <laughs> so much did happen when you when you brought up postal 2 and I, I did not read ahead in your notes <laughs> And then you took it to the post office. Like, that was a logical <laughs> jump. Yeah. When you ended up in Death Stranding, and then it was Norman yeah. Reedus carrying boxes of frozen chicks, I don't, I couldn't work backwards from that. So I'm glad you worked forwards to it. Because had you been like, <laughs> thank you. All right, I have Norman Reedus carrying frozen chicks. Guess where How I started? How do I get there? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that yeah. was that was very very fun and dumb and I, you know what? If nothing else, we learned something from you today. Uh, I I already yeah. knew the bit about the frozen chicks, but it's always fun to hear the history of the post office doing banking. <laughs> Kyle, <laughs> what you did is a crime. Also, there's definitely a game, and I can't remember what it was, but I played it in college. Where someone made a Devil May Cry like version of um, a dude like going through the layers of hell to save his wife or something. And I think it was based on a story. This is not a very good story. Wait, is this but a real like, game? This is uh, you're, a I think you're, Are you thinking of... Um, are you thinking of Dante's Devil May Cry? No, I think you're thinking Dante's of Dante's Inferno. Inferno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Dante's yeah. Inferno game, which was a Devil May Cry like made game. Yeah, it was like a Dark Souls inspired yeah. Dante's Inferno game. Uh, more like God of War even. And yeah, this reminded me a lot of that, but in bad ways. And so I, I remember That's what I was going for Todd. I remember playing that game and having a good time. Um, and you took a lot of the fun away from that. <laughs> but uh, you know, with enough money behind it, the game you described today could be made, and that is the real problem here today. We're in talks with the Daily Wire Stop right now. It, no, <laughs> Stop it. Uh, lead lead voice actor uh, Gina Carano will be will be starring. <laughs> in your game yeah it was a good bad thing you did kyle you should feel bad i do i do i feel i feel real bad oh i missed opportunity kyle uh starbucks coffee cups with christmas written on it oh that's a good one 
That'll be in seven. We'll get him on the next one. We'll get him on next. We'll get him next year. Good thing one of these things comes out every six months. <laughs> Andrew, you did a gave a very informative presentation on the history of the U.S. Postal Service, <laughs> and I love the U.S. Postal Service even more than I did coming into this episode. So thank you. Sure. Good job. And also, like, what a way to get to talk about Death Stranding one more time <laughs> on our podcast. Get in there once more. Todd, I'm I'm really torn on whether what I did today or you making Shadow the Hedgehog a centrist is the bigger <laughs> crime. Um, yeah. But we both committed crimes today, and therefore we're, we're brothers now or something. <laughs> what are so. we if not criminals? <laughs> yes. But very, very good as well. Well, guys, I, as the host and moderator, don't have a lot of good vibes to offer you <laughs> Fair. today. Fair. Valid. I will just put it out there that, you know, we kind of keep the running list of, yeah, we've talked about that game on the podcast. We've talked about that game on the podcast if you would have told me that we would cross off the Devil May Cry and the Postal <laughs> 2 box at the same time, I don't think I would have believed you, but here we are. So that out there, it is time for me to make a decision, and I have a couple things. Thing number one, Kyle, it's not going to be you today, bud. We are trying to make an educational experience here, and everybody knows that, you know, education not bound to a particular religion. I bet Kyle's going to mm. argue this point. <laughs> mm. Something so. tells me based upon the last, oh, I don't know, 40 minutes, Kyle <laughs> might argue this point. So it's not going to be you. And that leaves... That's okay. We've st uh, Breitbart has now started a bidding war with the Daily Wire to, to make our game. <laughs> sure they have. That leaves us today with Andrew and Todd. And I cannot believe that I am saying this, but I asked for an educational experience and only one of you taught me something today. And that person was Andrew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I didn't ask for an educational experience and I was taught something. So we're going to do Death Stranding again, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But the loading screens all have mail facts. <laughs> they sure do. We're going to make Postal 2 an education game. That sucks, man. What a sentence. Yeah. I can't believe you got me to say that. Do you want me to give you the title once more? Just please. Yeah, if you could. Postal, a priority tale. <laughs> well, you know what they say. If it fits, it ships. International. <laughs> both ways <laughs> thanks for listening to debate this you can follow along with the arguments on twitter facebook and instagram at debate this cast or on our website at debate and hey we just concluded our first ever spooktacular express spooktacular review-a-thon and it went great yeah. we got more reviews in a couple of weeks than we have gotten in the entire life of this podcast you probably are still hearing some of them in the ad breaks and you may until the holidays who knows? But it is never a bad time to leave us a review and tag us in a screenshot of that review on social media. For those of you interested in watching Todd play Doki Doki Literature Club, 
Hey, follow us on social media. Updates on that event are to yeah. come. We'll be on Mastodon. See you there. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the show notes. Be able to witness the show notes and see Karen the Hedgehog if you so choose. Yeah, so, you know, do a review and join the Patreon and all those things. I'm sitting here currently, like, reckoning with the realization that after five whole years of this podcast, you can follow along with the arguments on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram might have to change if Twitter dies. And I don't yeah. know what to do about that. So we'll figure that out in the off season. And until next time, I am Matt Cole. I'm Andrew. If Shadow the Hedgehog is Tim Ryan, then JD Vance is Big the Cat Henderson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Todd. Lolly, 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 get your frozen chicks here, Thomas. <laughs> and I'm Kyle. Where was Shadow the Hedgehog on January 6th, 2021, Harper? And we're saying jet fuel can't melt steel beams. And if you think we're wrong, you can come fight us behind the swing sets, nerds. <laughs> Spectacular Express Spooky Review Read. This review titled, Untitled. If you like nerdy stuff, listen to this podcast. These guys are hilarious and constantly bring their A-game to every episode. Pay special attention to the flavor text episodes. They do a great job breaking down nerdy topics and making them very accessible to your average listener. Subscribe forever and you won't regret it. This review titled Untitled. Debate This has worked its way into my weekly podcast repertoire. The Debate This boys specialize in two things. One, deep diving the lore on topics their fans request, which usually feels like a great video essay you listen to with three friends making jokes or asking questions about while you listen. Two, making the best debates about the stupidest topics imaginable. It's like, you know, like a car crash, but you cannot look away. This has been a Spooktacular Express Spooky Review Read.